Hello and welcome back to We Not Me, the podcast where we explore how humans connect to get stuff done together. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Pia Lee. You are. And unlike me, as you can tell, uh, I've got, um, I, I have a little bit of bit of the lurg at the moment so my voice is not really podcast ready but uh or, or you should be on a different type of podcast it's it's uh, sexy <laughs> it, premium services yeah maybe maybe <laughs> but um yeah it's it's been around there's as we always say one of the cl- sort of stock phrases in britain is oh there's something there's not something nasty going around yeah exactly and you've got it yeah i've got it exactly so it grabbed me so yes but uh, but things are things are getting things are improving here and um, you're getting a bit of light getting a bit of light exactly Exactly. Uh, spring is springing, and so it must be time to go back to Italy. Then must be yearning a bit of blue sky. We start to pine a little bit more at this time of year. It's um, beautiful in the, we're being sort of a ginger and a blonde. We we don't don't do sun very well. Um, so we so the so shoulder seasons May and September are lovely. So we'll be back for a little bit of time there, which is very we're very lucky. And you were telling me that when you were last down there, you were ogling at some very large boats yeah <laughs> yeah we do this it's it's a strange thing we started doing this on holiday we're sort of just whenever you're in a city on the coast you can sort of like genoa you can you go down and look at these immense boats and the fun thing is you can google them and find out who owns them and find out what they what they were last sold for and how much they cost to rent per week and everything so but they're insanely enormous but i always find it fun to look at the people on and around those boats often in immaculate shorts and uh sort of um, what would be any sort of um what's the word branded pips um, pips polo shirts and things like that so they're they're all looking so young and healthy and and sort of um uh leaping about the face and also some very scary looking bodyguards on some of them particularly the russian oligarchs owns uh owned um owned yachts but um but yeah so that's fun and of course that is a brilliant setup for our show it today. is uh, it <laughs> is because i didn't have to go very far because we thought what goes on below deck what happens on those boats what's the teamwork like and so my lovely nephew jens lee um, has spent the last five years working on those boats. So we thought we'd get him onto the show to tell us a little bit like what what's the teamwork like? What's what's the what's some of the challenges that you face? So he's let's let's go over now and hear from him and um, and understand some of his pirate stories. Jens, thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely to see you. What a, what a privilege. Thank you very much for having me. I'm a, I'm a long-time um, listener and this is a first-time podcaster, so very special. <sighs> oh, Fantastic. Well, yeah, thank you. As you've made us, you make us feel so grown up. And, and I'll say, and you're my, um, you're my, my favourite nephew as well, which, of course, <laughs> I know then every, all my other nephews and nieces be going, what about me, what about me? Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. So you come clearly and from excellent stock. And I'm now going to test that by giving you a question, uh, a um, conversation starter card, yeah, which I have, I have in my hand, a little pack. I've given them a little shuffle. Go on, hit me. Um, and I'm going to pluck one. Come on, let's go. Oh, this is a sweet one. One small thing that makes my day better. Oh, I'm going to go. This could be quite boring. Well, one answer is definitely at the minute. It was a, it's a run, which I think is pretty boring, but 
what else off the top of my head? Let's talk about that because I think you know you're you were going to find that you travel a fair bit. How, how far do you tend to run? How do you keep up your discipline? What what do you, what do you do? What does that look like? Just dive into that little habit for a minute for us. Yeah, no, for sure. So it, it all depends on, you know, if I'm at home or at sea. Really, you know, when you're running at sea, it can be quite uh, treacherous, especially on a treadmill. The uh, on you know on the high seas, it goes the the gradients go from I think from you know a couple of meters to you know to below so it's usually only a, a matter of minutes before you know i fall off or, or you know but at home home i'm a bit it's a bit more intensified it's um you know i try and do you know, uh, at least 10k every you know two or three three days or something and it's just it's nothing it's nothing for it's it's just personal you know no real goal sets just you know to get in better shape and you know have a healthier mind i think it, and um it's like so dan, dan and i've read this book called atomic habits that's why we're asking which is a really good like all those little things that you do that just actually just as you say keep you in keep you in good shape and um and are good for the mind too yeah and i think the, the fact that you've made the treadmill sound uh, actually treacherous already before he sets us up for the conversation <laughs> so jens you you are you are a real life mariner, which <laughs> which is very exciting, and have and have made a career at sea, and that that that's why we really wanted to get you on the show to talk about how teams and people organise themselves on a very large vessel, which you're going to tell us more about. So, tell us, bring us into your world. Tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got there, and you. Okay, yeah. So um, a little bit about me. Um, I think well, I grew up in the middle of the countryside, many, many uh, miles away from the sea, with two very sort of adventurous parents, uh, which I think sort of began my spark early on in life. Um, I sort of growing up, I made sort of um, quite bold choices. I think my siblings sort of testified to that. You know, whether it would be random food choices or, 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 or clothing or something like that. I'm sure even you, Pierre, I think you can testify. <laughs> uh, but one sort of bold choice in particular was to um, to leave university about four and a half years ago. Uh, I wasn't very happy with my life or where it was going. So I thought you know, I had, uh, hit, hit a crossroads, as you know, so many people do at that age. I had to sort of um, strip myself down and, and sort of walk around naked and sort of figure out, you know, figure out, you know, who I was and what I valued in life. And that's what eventually left me, you know, led me to um, uh, to the sea, to yachting. You know, so I so fast forward five years, 2018, I joined the industry. I joined as a, you know, as a, as a greenie, as they'd call it. You know, for you, for you who don't understand that, greenie is someone who has no experience at all. Um, a bit of, bit of a background in sailing. I wasn't, you know, the best, I'd say. Uh, but I naturally fell to that side side of the of the industry, so offering up my services as, as a sort of a pro bono to gain experience. And now, sort of, you know, five years later, I'm now working as a sort of a deck engineer. Just actually newly promoted deck engineer on board a nice 85 meter luxurious yacht. And I mean, along the way, I've had some immeasurable experience. You know, I've worked from. Um, small little sailing boats as i said to 100 meter mega yachts i've gone from living in a in a in a, in a naval military base to to living in you know, a thriving sort of metropolis to sailing across the atlantic to working in heavy uh, industrial shipyards um you know to catering for world leaders and a-list hollywood stars and uh, you know meeting pirates and ex-special forces 
it's crazy. And yeah, and even actually, you know, I managed to beat a prince at volleyball, which that's one I'm particularly proud of. But finally, you know, making lifelong friends at sea and even saving a few, so it really has been a, uh, an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, as you make me that whenever we are in Italy, we spend a lot of time in Genova, and we or, we always make time to wander down to the docks there to do some yachter spotting, as we call it. So we wander along the quay, and you see these incredible vessels, and you know we're just peering at people like you on board, wondering what their life is like. So this is a great chance to sort of catch up. Take us. Just double click on that a little bit. Describe the, I mean, 85 take meters. Take us is down. Quite, yeah, take <laughs> us down. Below even, deck. Sort of thing. Yeah, below deck. It's quite even hard to imagine 85 meters of boat. Absolutely. I, I, because I've always been sort of curious about what people's sort of outside perspective of it is, really. So, um, I mean, it's, I've always said to, to friends and to, to family, it's like a, it's a bit like a boarding school in a way. Um, you know, you have that sort of, um, you know, uh, structure of, of you know, the captain being headmaster, you know, whether or not he's, you know, strict or not, that's the way you run to boat. And then, you know, you're living with your, you know, your camp, you know, your cabin mates, your buddies, and you're just getting up to all, 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 sort, of, all sorts of mischief. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a real adventure. I mean... I think like I said, one of the reasons why I love it is because it's, um, you know, you've got no idea what day it is on board or what the date is really when you're in the midst of all these sort of things. And then the other you know, time you have that is when you've got, you know, a pina colada or something on, or on holiday. It's, uh, you know, you rock up to these um, these places that, you know, they're very remote and it's hard to get to and you sort of integrate yourself into into their culture. It's It's so special because obviously you're not, just working together you're also living together so you spend 24 hours in each other's company which has its it definitely has its pros and it also has you know, a few cons you know you're working on quite a large tin pot on the seas so person personalities emotions everything's amplified uh, for the better and, and for worse so it's about how, how, you, how you manage that and, you, and go along with the ride so how long is like a tour that you may not, you may be together for. I, lo- I loved how you said tour. <laughs> it's like tour of duty. It, 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 tour of duty. It makes it sound very, very hard. Very, yeah. <laughs> it all depends on the on your rank, on your sort of your. Uh, so I mean, for me personally, I'm currently on three. I do three months on board, and then I have one month off. I mean, some people will do two months on and two months off, or four months on and two months off it all varies and Jens, you you are attached to a single vessel aren't you at the moment is the is the most of the crew the same they would be working on that boat for that 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 vessel at that time and i believe that sometimes the owner is on board but the other times they'll this may not be the case for yours they'll lease it out to other people so you get different owners as well sometimes on these these boats a bit different families different guests if you like as well so some there's different elements of stability and change i'm guessing in terms of the makeup of the people on board yeah no 100 uh, percent. you know at the end of the day it's, it's a business so you know the owner whoever it is wants to at least you know make money or cover its costs so he'll um my boat at the minute it's uh, it's a charter and um, we'll um, try and do, you know, four, five, six charters a season. And then uh, in, that, in that free time, it'll either be filled with the owner or, or downtime for the crew, ready to have a bit of fun. And tell me a bit about your role as a deck engineer. Do you have a team? Yeah, I do. I have two teams, essentially, as a deck engineer. My sort of um, responsibility would be to both help the engineers and the deck. So 
as a deck engineer, I suppose to sum it up would be to cover all the sort of aspects, all sort of mechanical, uh, anything with a motor on deck, essentially. So that sort of ranges from trains to, to jet skis to, to tenders to e-foils, all the toys, making sure, you know, they're all topped up. There's no, you know, everything operates well. No, nothing has, you know, faults or any holes in the side or, and then it's just to, you know, as and when, uh, just head down into, you know, wherever I'm needed, really. So I'm sort of the, the middleman, is what people call me, uh, or the link uh, to both departments. And and this might actually, I reckon a lot of listeners would be, would, would relate to this. You're working intensely together. Do you find it difficult sometimes to switch to work mode when you've been mate mode? You've been friends and these are the, these are the people that you hang out with for you know two or three months, and then effectively, I would imagine you've actually got to give instructions or you've got to work together. It's difficult. I think I think it takes time to sort of be able to separate uh, your working and your personal life, especially with friends. I mean, I would say I'm, I'm I have a very calm temperament. You know, there's there's, a, there's very little that pisses me off, but uh, so I think that's definitely that definitely think that's what benefits me. Uh, but yeah, I've seen it many times where people can't quite switch off from work and personal, and you know that's when things clash personally, you know, outside of work and inside of work, and it's um, not great. But yeah, I think you just have to be very open. You know, you can't be sensitive, and you've got to be sort of almost quite not confrontational, but just very honest about how you feel. I'm going to ask you another question. You mentioned rather glibly pirates. Yeah, so there are some dangers at sea. I think that would be interesting to explore because the type of teamwork is there must be like day-to-day stuff and then there must be sort of slightly extraordinary stuff. And I would have thought the weather plays a big part in that. But also I hadn't actually anticipated that there would be pirates out there. I didn't think that happened in modern day, but yeah, obviously, no, yeah. obviously it does. Yeah. So I'll give you, we were, we were going through the the uh, coast of Somalia. I was going to say, and, you didn't go near uh, Somalia, did you? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, bra- very brazen. And uh, luckily, l- I mean, luckily we had these guys on board, with the ex-special forces, we had about five of them. And that was all, that was a very cool experience in itself, sort of p- picking them up in the dead of night, with their sort of, and then you go into this sort of military warship to pick up the weapons, and then eventually we used to set passage, so we're going through the sewers, but obviously you have one, part which is to be honest it's a, a lot of fishermen on schooners you know who are very interested in a nice shiny uh you know 100 million pound pound yacht so they investigate and it was just we had this one instance where you know usually it's two you know two guys on a schooner uh sort of circling around the yacht for you know no longer than a, a couple of minutes uh and then we were it was about th- we had sort of three or four days in and we had two sort of schooners with five people on it which Immediately, it seemed a little bit sketchy, and uh, they followed us. You know, they, they, you know, they're moving at about thirty knots, and we're averaging about eighteen. And they were following us for a good, you know, fourteen hours. And then it wasn't until the guy called Dusty, who was a team leader of the ex Special Forces team, got out his sort of his AK forty seven on top of the helipad and just blazed off a magazine firing into the air. <laughs> just <laughs> As you a little did. subtle little show, show of strength. Of strength. Yeah, and you saw, and you just saw them fuck off, and out, and out of that, really. <laughs> but it, it, it's a weird one because it is quite exciting. But obviously, you don't really want anything to happen. Uh, but it's it's all you know, it's that it's those those are the sort of moments I actually really I really love. It's sort of the on your edge of on the edge of your seat, adrenaline sort of pumping, 
And that's what this industry sort of provides. It gives you those sort of um, very abnormal experiences as sort of pinch yourself moments. Well, Jens, I want to take you to the other end of the fun spectrum, if that's okay. Um, how, if, you, if you now look at how the, the vessel is, how it's run, what's the process of actually saying, right, this is what we're going to do. This is the service we're going to offer. This is, this is the things that are going to happen. That's all down to, obviously, the captain. So the captain goes through the management company to uh, the owner. Um, so in terms of guests, if you want you know, charter guests coming on board, the boat is advertised through the charter brokerage. And then once they officially have a, you know, a price sort of put in place, they then go to the captain who says, look, these guys want to you know, go to Barbados for two weeks. And then that plan is then handed to the captain he sort of approves how feasible it is and then him and the chief officer, his right-hand man or woman, then discuss all the sort of formalities, which then gets passed down to us. It's quite like the military in some respects, isn't it? It's yeah. that chain of command. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, well, I think it's probably that if your captain comes from a commercial background of you know, a tanker or you know, a cruiser, they're very much more military-based. They like everything you know, to, to the dots. But if he's come up through the ranks of the Otty, you'd find that most of them are a little bit more relaxed. And do you get a different captain for each tour of duty as such? Uh, so the boat, you would usually have two captains. Uh, it would say every captain is on for two months and then they have two months on a holiday. And then like just, I guess, they're there until they quit or until they get fired. And that would be by the, by the owner. It's quite nice going back to a boat where you know the crew. It, it becomes very much a family sort of thing. I think if you're constantly sort of chipping and chopping crew, it'd make it quite exhausting having, you know, having all that sort of small talk and all that sort of stuff. And what, what do you think, like when you see newbies, other greenies coming onto the boat with you, what do you know now are the characteristics of like a team player that really makes it work well? Good question. It's a, it's a very physical sort of based job. So I think, you know, people... Who definitely aren't watching the clock. This job sort of, you know, it ends when it ends. So, you know, it's not about, you know, job and knock. You know, people are you know, very much, you know, pulling, pulling their weight, you know, way you know, until um, after hours shut. A lot of this job is just common sense, really. So it's not asking what to do. It's just about, you know, just going and doing it. And, you know, uh, so I have a lot of time for people to just take their own initiative in it and, uh, you know, just passion, I suppose. You know, no fuss, because there is, there is drama. There's so much drama with it. And, you know, don't get me wrong, everyone loves a bit of drama. And it's going to happen when you're on a boat with you know, lots of horny young people drunk all the time. <laughs> but, um, That's the below deck piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, and that's what's also below deck. It's interesting, because that's what's given people an insight. I know, you know, I've never really seen it, you know, that many episodes to gauge it but um it's definitely opened people's eyes up to what they think yachting is and some people may come and realize actually this isn't what i was expecting at all and others might you know be equally as you know as, as happy to you know, think oh this is what this is much better than what i was seeing on the you know, on the tv i am really interested i'm actually going to just return to something again so i just think this is cohabiting getting on being matey and then working together. And Pierre asked about it earlier. Are there any sort of mechanisms for what we would call doing a retro sort of, right, okay, how did that go? You know, look back on if we've got to do anything better or where you might have to give a crewmate some feedback or, oh, mate, that that's, shouldn't be there. That caused a problem because of so-and-so. Is there, does the, do those things arise? I know it was, we're sort of revisiting a little bit, but I'm fascinated by this thing where I feel it can be done very well when you're, get not you know them well or it can sometimes get in the way like anything it's the same as you know, any sort of normal job it's no different it's you know you'd be do it through 
through as you know, I have, we have these annual you know, appraisals or weekly appraisals or, or you know monthly things that we you know we get called up to our HOD's office, you know, for a spanking or for you know a good job well done. And he would go through, you know, everything, you know, from your not just your work side, but also your personal side, you know, how how well are you settling into the boats with the boys, with the team, with the girls, whoever it is. Um, because that's such an important aspect. You know, you can work very well with um all these guys, but you know, if you don't really get along with professionally, if you don't, you know, work well with them professionally, but you, if you don't really get along well with anyone on board, then it, it, you don't you stick out like a sore thumb. And actually, again, so I wanted also to dive into this deck engineer role because reading recently, there's a lot of people now because of everything so dispersed and the structure of organisations is dissolving. The high, actual hierarchy and structure is less important than the formal networks inside organisations. So you get a lot of these people who are sort of between two. They're sort of nodes really in these networks, but they're between two groups. And you're as a deck engineer, it sounds like you're in that position where you're seeing both sides of things what are your approaches other than being a bloody good bloke um to sort of <laughs> balancing those things when there is tension between those two groups how, how do you how do you go about that to be honest i've been very lucky with the boats i've been on uh and there hasn't been a huge amount of tension between the departments uh and that's mostly down to you know the captain having a, creating a very good atmosphere on throughout the boat and i would say i've been so i can't i mean anything i can see is how i sort of try and be around people with you know within a close proximity for you know for three or four months at a time and that's just by being um just trying being you know, as helpful as possible and it's even if it's just as small as a thing as keeping a door open for someone or or, or you know or staying you know hours or, or covering someone's watch when they're when they're on you know on duty uh, it generally sort of all these small things sort of and um, play a big role, and uh, I believe that's what everyone's sort of been doing on this last boat, and it creates a very, a very positive atmosphere on board. And also, from what you're saying, Jens, you're actually, and it's probably a natural tendency of yours, but it probably makes a big difference. You build good networks with other people through those reciprocal acts. You're thinking of other people, and you're helping, and that then, you know, you're not annoying people by using your rank and title to show who's higher up in the pecking order, you're actually building those relationships with people, which is so key. And that's a bit like a rookie mistake that people make is that actually you've got to give a lot more in order to be able to get those relationships back. And if you can do that early on, it makes it easier. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you know, it's, it's, and it's man management. It's, I think, you know, I think that's one of the most important things about if you want to be a leader in this in, industry. It's, and I'll, I'll give my old captain a, a shout out, Ben Heath. He was, he was brilliant at it. He made you very, very at ease in the work, you know, working personal, which obviously just makes you very much more comfortable within yourself and, and you know, makes your work a lot, you know, a lot more um, efficient. You know, I think if you're going to have someone who, who, you know, if you're doing your job and you have someone who generally puts you on edge, you're generally going to cock it up at some point. It's something that you can usually do in your sleep. So it's just, it just shows, you know, the importance of how good man management can be. And I think that's, that is crucial, especially, you know, as a captain, to be able to switch off at the end of the day and sit down and just chat and have fun and laugh as a, as a person and not, and not as a captain. So there aren't any egos because as a captain, you can sort of be on a boat and, and think you're almost like God. You know, you walk high on my CN and it happens in the past where they use their control or abuse their power and it, it, you know, it uh, affects it in a negative way. It's quite an intense learning experience from what you're talking about. I mean, you're getting a lot of young people on in, in the boarding school 
floating your way around the world. But, you, you know, there's so much richness there to be had. We've just, we're, we're a bunch of young people running, you know, um, with hundreds of millions of pounds in our sort of responsibilities, you know, travelling around the world. And uh, it's it's such an adventure. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, mean, I think that's why I love it, really. It's just, you know, I think I was a pirate in my past life. I guess, you know, <laughs> because it's just, I couldn't you know, recommend it more for anyone who, who is listening who would be interested to, to get into the industry because it gives you, not only does it give you great independence and, 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 and freedom, it just life it's just life lessons i think when you when you look back and you're 80 plus or, or whatever it is you know you look back on those experiences and if this is the thing that provides that and it's you know all the all the abnormal opportunities and it's uh, makes makes your life very rich with you know very special memories well it's it's a you've painted a lovely picture and uh we, we're all about human connections I, the what i'm left with Jens, is that this is a really intense it's like human connections boiled down into some concentrated thing. And uh, so, yeah, you've given us a real flavor of that. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's great to hear. It sounds like you, you made some, made a bold choice a little while back and you've, you've been, it's really serving you well, which is, um, which is very pleasing to hear. So thank you for sharing that with us. No, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Great. Well, keep listening, Jens. And maybe we might be calling you captain one day. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much, Jens. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, guys. I loved how Jens led off by talking about his bold choices. Here he was, a man that was landlocked, and chose a career in the sea. But, you know, making the way he described at the beginning, and I think that would appeal to many listeners who, you know, sometimes the course of our life doesn't go the way that we necessarily expect it. And you have to make bold choices, and they are. They are. And I thought that is a real leadership trait, both with people and by ourselves. I love that, actually. I wrote that down in big letters because, to be honest with you, I don't think I did, as a young person, make bold choices. I think I sort of probably made some brave choices in terms of the amount of effort I was going to have to put into some of the things I chose, but that's not quite the same as a bold choice of deciding to be different. I love the way he sort of talked about his choice of clothing and all kinds of things. Just he stood out. And I, I think that's um, it's really encouraging to hear when people are able to do that. And that it also maintain in later life, no, it's not that late in terms of Jens, Jens, but just sort of puts them on a different path that is non-conventional but brings them happiness. It is, I, th- I thought that was a delightful part of that conversation. And that sort of ties back, I think, quite a lot to remember Lucy Hovenek talking about put, being purpose, follow your purpose. And I think it was just couched in a in a slightly different way. So it's a really, really good reminder. Jens also talked about emotions getting amplified. And, and I don't think that was a, a hormonal thing. That was actually... <laughs> That was just, you know, everyone below deck. And so he then talked about the stakeholder relationships that you need to keep. And and in our words, I'd call that reciprocity, you know, give and take. You need something, I'm going to help you. It's that part of social capital, isn't it? That that reciprocity. And he, he, seemed, he seemed naturally able to go first. I love the way he said holding a door open for someone. How simple is Loved that? I mean, it. So, love, lovely. But, but that's just, I think it's something we haven't talked that much on the show, but how do you build that social capital? And, and in, in those places where emotions are amplified, I'm sure that those little things just never go unnoticed. And that, that reciprocity part um, to help you to, um, 
you know, bond and bridge, I think, are the technical words around social capital um, often used. But, you know, building your own team and actually bridging across to others through that um, through that approach. I thought that was really good. And actually, it made me realize that this is a really strange situation. You're on a luxury yacht out in the ocean. But some of these things are eternal about how you connect with others. You know, there's a the captain does have a have a role in creating the tone from the top. But ultimately, it's down to you and how you can build those relationships. And I, I was, it was really interesting to see when everything's amplified that those things, those basic human abilities to connect um, really come to the fore. And Jens was clearly quite adept at it. And I, I loved how he called it just really, it's a floating boarding school. It was just all, <laughs> <laughs> all these people together. Um, but I think the analogy is, I mean, you know, many corporations, many businesses, many organizations, they're the same. They, you know, they're, they're people together getting on or not getting on and um, and facing all of those challenges. I did, I, they're slightly different challenges. I mean, he's got the weather. He listed pirates and A-listers, you know. <laughs> they were different, different to the normal run of the mill. Yeah, true, true. And yeah, those strange influences on the, on the team were that was a different list, wasn't it, from the from the norm? But uh, but great to hear how he deals with it, and with such a plum, I have to say. So, um, so he, he sounded very deft. So yeah, wonderful to talk to him and just see how another how other teams play out in this wonderful world of uh, where we're trying to help uh, humans connect. So absolutely great to hear from Jens. But that is it for this episode. You can find show notes and resources at squadify.net. Just click on the We Not Me podcast link. If you've enjoyed the show, please share the love and recommend it to your friends. If you'd like to contribute to the show, just email us at wenotmepod at gmail.com. We Not Me is produced by Mark Stedman of Origin. Thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.